Hi, this is Nick Dowd from the Between Two Blue Lines podcast. Caps fans, don't forget to catch your second <clears throat> favorite podcast, Caps This Morning, weekday mornings on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. Capitals begin main training camp today in Arlington. Our Metropolitan Division previews begin this morning with a look at the Columbus Blue Jackets and Alex Ovechkin meeting with the media later on this morning. Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, September 23rd. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. It's a big day at MedStar Capitals Iceplex, the first day of on-ice training camp in advance of the 21-22 season. It's going to kick off this morning at 9.30 with Session 1. It is media day as well. Tons of player interviews coming later on from all your favorite Caps media outlets. So be on the lookout for that. Ben Raby off to cover the day's events, which gives us the chance this morning to do our first Metropolitan Division preview series. In the leadoff spot today, the Columbus Blue Jackets. It has been a bit since we have seen or heard from them. No head-to-head matchups last season with a one-year division realignment and a lot of changes in Central Ohio to talk about leading into the new season. And joining us this morning to talk all things Jackets from Valley Sports Ohio, former Philadelphia Flyer, San Jose Shark. He started out with Columbus and now their TV analyst alongside our pal Jeff Rimmer. Jody Shelley joining us this morning. Jody, thanks for getting up with us here this morning on Caps This Morning. It's my pleasure. I am excited to be the leadoff hitter here, John. So good to see you. Glad hockey's back. And uh, yeah, beautiful morning for this. Yeah, and uh, the leadoff hitter's got to get on base. So uh, we expect big things out of you, sir. Oh, I might even exceed your expectations. Who wants to stop it first? Not me. (laughs) I love that. I want to start off by talking about one of my favorite players from my time with the Hershey Bears, and that's Brad Larson. Longtime assistant coach, gets the head job this summer. What do you expect from a Brad Larson coach team that might be different from how they played under John Tortorella? You know what? Brad is a very thoughtful, uh, very detailed coach. I know that term is thrown around a lot, but he really is. And I think if you you look at what he's got to uh, endure the past seven years, he has had an internship, if you will, as a head coach under John Tortorella. I mean, he has followed Torts. He's been Torts' right-hand man. And I think he's taken a lot of notes as far as players, how they react, the good, the not so good, what he, you know, he's got his own morals and values as far as what he believes and, and, and believes in, in within coaching. And he's watched torch do it his way. And I think he would do things a little differently. So, you know, I think that this is a great opportunity for a guy who has been here for almost a decade in this organization, but still had to be interviewed four times for this job. And what that says is they were thorough in their search and they were also surprised at what Larson brought to the interview process and what he knows and what he brings. So I think to answer your question directly, I think he's going to bring uh, a different tone as far as the approach of the players. I know it's going to be a different training camp. There's no two mile run. So the players are thrilled about that. I mean, everyone talked, you know, the dialogue for the past seven years has been, uh, or six years with his six year training camp has been towards the training camp and, and how hard it is and how it's just a mental test. I think that is over with. He's progressive. He's excited. 
And he's a guy who has a real great relationship with a lot of these players already. And he played the game. He played at the highest level. And as you mentioned, he played in the minors. Those are valuable moments for a guy who's been a head coach at different levels and now a National Hockey League coach. I think there's going to be just a different tone to how things are done here. First, it's definitely hard work. You know, Larson, he's a hardworking guy on and off the ice. That's the first attribute of this team. But after that, details and, and, and some good relationships. Yeah, there are just some guys in this game, you know, when you see him as a player, it's not going to surprise you at all when they make that transition to coaching. Right. Brad Larson, certainly one of those guys for me. Now, the roster that he's going to be coaching is going to be very different than the one the Caps fans saw the last time these teams played against one another. No Nick Felino, no Cam Atkinson, no Seth Jones, no David Savard. And those last two for me, Jody, are big departures on the back end. Defensively, Columbus needs perhaps... Another step forward from Zach Wierenski, someone who, by the way, has embraced playing for the Jackets as others have departed. Yeah, and you know, Zach now, is he's been here for a while. I think it's his fifth season. He won called a cup championship in Cleveland his first year right out of Michigan as a young player. And the players that he won with have, have come and gone now. There's been a lot of his buddies that have left. And, and the two that stand out are the leaders that he played with. And it was Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski for a long time. Zach signs a long-term deal. Uh, he's going to be here for seven years. Top money. One of the top paid defensemen in the National Hockey League. He's enjoyed his time with Seth Jones, but I think this is a guy who wants to be the number one deep. And I think he's a guy that is an elite player who's going to embrace this. Uh, he's up for the challenge as a leader and as a player on the ice. He's a good piece. And, and you know, this organization, John, all the guys you mentioned that are gone. I mean, these are guys that the, the fan base has grown up with the past decade and watched them become those players that have brought this organization to a place they've never been to in the playoffs and being in the second round and sweeping Tampa. You know, it, this organization is not worrying about what's gone. They're taking care of what's here and, and they're moving forward. And they picked up Jake Bean from Carolina and they picked up Adam Boquist from uh, Chicago and they picked up some draft picks. And, you know, I'm not a big guy to talk about draft picks, but right now they picked up critical pieces that are going to be a big part of this next three years where this, this team is going to ramp up. So again, underdogs, I think they embrace the role. I think it's a role they relish. And I think with the no expectations, this team is going to surprise a lot of uh, opponents on any given night. On the subject of guys who are there now, maybe one of the most intriguing trades in the NHL last season involving Columbus with Winnipeg, Pierre-Luc Dubois going to the Jets and Patrick Laine coming to Columbus. Now, he got off to a pretty good start, and it wasn't so good after that. We've seen him at his best in his goal-scoring days in Winnipeg coaching change there. There's a lot going into line A season, but certainly when you're looking for goals to be scored, he's got to be a guy that you're hoping for a little bit more out of in Columbus this season. Yeah. And it's up to him. I mean, he's a guy that needs to establish that, that elite work to get the goals. And when you look at the guy you have in Ovechkin there, that you get to follow every single game, his shot rate is so high and you know it's coming and it's it, but it's a fastball and it's whether it's on the net or not everyone is on notice and and Line a didn't do enough of that last year in my opinion i think he's got that unique release i think it's something that we can all talk about but when he defers to a pass or not the one time shot it's really ineffective so hopefully this year he's clear he's ready to work and he's ready to unload that cannon no pun intended here in Columbus, Ohio, of course, <laughs> where we have the cannon. But he's cannon number two in my books. If he can get that going, uh, look out. I think it'll be a real threat. And that's what he has to be. Biggest strength of this Jackets team this season for you and maybe what perhaps might be a work in progress as training camp kicks off in Columbus today, regular season approaching. 
What are you looking for in this training camp as the Jackets get ready for the regular year? Well, it's been a long time that there's been no top center. And, you know, Dubois was evolving as that. And then and he moves on to Winnipeg. And now they've got a guy in Jack Roslevic who came back in that trade who was not playing. He was playing the wing there in Winnipeg. And he wants to be a center. He's working at it. And right now he's penciled in as the top center. Cole Sillinger, 18-year-old, drafted this year, son of Mike Sillinger. He's come in. He's done a nice job at rookie camp, but we know what rookie camp is. It's a, it's a really just a, a table set for what's coming here in training camp at the regular season. Can he steal a job in the top three centermen uh, positions? Sean Corrales has been picked up from the Boston Bruins. You know, he's a depth centerman who's going to play, you know, the, the important face-offs in the defensive zone, the important face-offs on penalty kills. But other than that, this team is lacking at that position. Boone Jenner can play the center ice position, but his natural position is a winger. So that's a work in progress. The defense you mentioned, they've got two guys that are established in Gavrikov and Morinsky. Other than that, a lot of guys that are looking to be bonafide NHL players. And how does that shake out? Their position that they have the strength in is the goaltender. They've got two starters. They've got Elvis Merzlinkins, who has just signed to a long-term contract for five more years. And they've got Jonas Corposalo, who's been uh, studying under Sergei Bobrovsky and waiting for his turn. So that's the strength of this team is the defense and the wingers. They've got some great wingers. Domi, Lina, you mentioned, Bjorkstrand, Nyquist, who was injured and guys are forgetting about. Jenner, you put him in the center at wing. There's a lot of good pieces here, a lot of good players you forget about but they're all on the wings. So center ice and depth of defense, where is that right now? Maybe upper end depth as far as that 3-4 position. Last one's just for you. Uh, you and I had a chance to do a game uh, for NBC during the playoffs, which we had a blast. You've been involved in radio and television in Columbus mm -hmm. since your playing day stopped. How much do you like being a broadcaster? Because you're awfully good at it. Enjoy well, you and, and Rims all the time watching the games when we're not on. It has this transition from player to uh, now being kind of Mr. Columbus in the broadcast booth. You know, it's been fantastic. And I was told to try it and just to try the lifestyle. As, you know, John Davidson, the Hall of Fame broadcaster, was our president. He said, you'll love the lifestyle. And he's right. I mean, I tell people it's like being a healthy scratch, except I don't have a curfew and I don't have to worry about my, uh, my fitness level. So those are two good things not to have to worry about when you're on the road. You know, it's fantastic. It's, I love to be involved. It keeps you involved. You know, the more homework you do, the more you can get out of the game. A real rewarding and to my career as a player. So it's great. I get to work with people like you, get to stay in the National Hockey League, and we know how great that is, John. Oh, we sure do. Well, Jody, thank you for uh, giving us a little insight to what's going on with the Blue Jackets and look forward to seeing you when the Jackets and Caps get together in November. Thanks, my friend. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, John. Our thanks to Jody Shelley for stopping by, and it is all Blue Jackets all the time here. Our first division preview coming your way here on Caps this morning. And as we continue with our season preview of the Blue Jackets and the expectations of the new season, happy to have with us friend of the program, Aaron Portsline. He covers Columbus for the Athletic. Aaron, it was a very successful Traverse City rookie tournament, as noted by you and others, going 4-0. and And I did see your notes about the team's success being rewarded heading into main camp this week. Most teams don't bring all of their rookies and prospects to main camp, but the Jackets are doing that. Even the free agent invitees getting to hang around, and why not? They had a terrific Traverse City tournament. Yeah, you just picture Yarmo Kekalainen on that team plane from Traverse City to Columbus saying, we're all going to Columbus. You're all coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know what? It, you can have a giggle at those prospects tournaments. We all do. You don't know what to take out of them. You don't know what to really believe or what to, to cast doubt upon because th these guys are playing against their peers. It's a really high level of hockey. 
But if you're an organization in the, in the position of the Blue Jackets, I'll use the word rebuilding, even if they don't, you need to see what they saw in Traverse City. So their top prospects there, Cole Sillinger and Igor Chinikov, looked like crown jewels. That's what they needed to see. They had some other guys who have been in the system for a, a little longer. Josh Dunn, he looks to me like a he looks like a St. Louis blue to me. Big, heavy, combative player. He looks like a future fourth line NHLer. You could pick four or five guys out of their lineup in Traverse City, and I think safely project them as future Columbus Blue Jackets, maybe sooner rather than later. So this is going to be probably most likely a difficult season for fans of the Columbus Blue Jackets who are looking for an immediate winner. But if, if this is to follow the path that John Davidson and Yarmo Kekalainen have laid out before this team, I think things are going as you'd want them to go. It looks like a young, energetic team. It looks like there's going to be significant push from the pipeline. And the pipeline, after years of being pretty thin, is filled now with some pretty robust young talent. News for the Jackets this week of the goaltending variety, signing Elvis Merzlikens to a new five-year, $27 million contract. Heads into the new season and the, the tragic summer that the Jackets had with Matthias Kivlenix. Obviously, a lot riding on his performance. This is an emotional season for him coming up, but for the Jackets to be in contention, they're going to need him to be at his best for now and for the future. 100%. I mean, you talked about it. It was a, an absolutely just a crazy summer for Matisse Kib Laniak. His death early in the summer obviously rocked this organization, rocked Elvis Merzlikens' world. And then Merzlikens at the end of summer has his first child with his wife. He's over the moon, happy. He's dedicated this season to Kivleniex. He has vowed to win a Vezina trophy for him. It hasn't said if that's this year or when exactly, but that is his goal. He is going to be up against it many, many nights. This is a completely rebuilt blue line. No idea who skates next to Zach Wierenski on the top pair. This is a team that has foundational issues down the middle of the ice. There's some interesting answers. There's some intriguing players who could be fits there. I just don't think anybody knows what this team can look like down the middle, which is such a big part of defending. So Elvis Merzlikin signs a five-year extension, $27 million, and that, that's a great contract for him. It seems a team-friendly contract to me as well. He is going to earn that because he's going to face some, some difficult nights, I would suspect, until the Blue Jackets get back uh, to exactly where they think they can be. Brad Larson, the new coach in Columbus. John Tortorella moves to the media side of things with ESPN this season. I know you had a long sit-down with Brad. And listen, I'm a Brad Larson guy, as I said with Jody Shelley earlier in the show, as a guy who was a player in Hershey when I was there. There are just those guys that you talk to through the course of your job and you say, yeah, I could see that guy getting into coaching when his playing days were over. He's been a longtime assistant now in Columbus. You've known him now a long time as well. What kind of head coach do you expect him to be and how might he be different? We asked this to Jody as well uh, from what John Tortorella brought all these years in Columbus. Yeah, well, I think he's going to be quite a bit different from Tortorella. Certainly it won't be as loud around here as it has been. I, I don't think I don't think the regional sports network here can sell advertising for the post-game coaches 
uh, interview at the rate they did before with Tortorella. That was the desired place for advertisers, which is all you need to know. But I also don't think it's going to be dramatically different. Brad Larson, he is not going, he's not the type to just put up with stuff either. I mean, Tortorella snapped when when something didn't sit right with him and he handled it very publicly out there in front of God and everybody. I don't think Larson's going to be quite that combative, but he he does not suffer fools and he's not going to be a uh, a coach that just lets stuff slide. That's not his way. It wasn't his way in this organization before John Tortorella arrived. Frankly, I think some of the criticism, so many people here, Blue Jackets fans were not enamored of this choice. And the reason for that almost without fail was how bad the Blue Jackets power play has been. I think that's unfair. I think there is uh, certainly the coach deserves criticism. The players deserve criticism. The numbers are what they are. But this is a different capacity now. This is a head coach who has spent a long time honing his craft, both in the, in the minor leagues, the AHL, as an assistant in the NHL. I, he may just be the perfect coach for this team right now. This needs to be a teaching coach. The teaching that used to go on in the junior ranks in the minor leagues now goes on in the NHL. And he's got players up and down this lineup that need to be taught how to be National Hockey League players, both in their on-ice play and their actions. I think Brad... Larson is a grow with me type of coach and we'll see three-year deal. You know, where does it go after this? Who can say, but I think Brad Larson deserves a clean slate and is going to do interesting things. I think he's already off to a really good start with this group. If I may, the way he's handled that tragedy, you mentioned with Matisse Kilaniacs, he confronted that and was a huge lift to Elvis Merzlikens, to Manny Legacy, to this whole team in his guidance and his leadership during that. And that is a mark of a man way beyond uh, anything he could do on a wax board or in video coaching. He's he's an impressive man, and, and uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. All right, last thing, and this is just kind of fun and reflective, I guess, because this is the past and not the present. But as someone who was around John Tortorella day in and day out. Now on the media side, I, I was always amazed whenever we'd be in Columbus and he would do his pregame interview with Bob McGilligan on the board. I thought that John Tortorella might be the best pregame interview in the game. He would be very clear. He would tell you like it was, but it, it was great listening. It was great information. And then you get to the post game, and if things didn't go well for the Jackets, you probably got nothing. So from all of what you covered through the course of him, and now, of course, ESPN, where he'll be on our side of the block and uh, and doing this kind of thing, big picture, what was it like working day in and day out with John Tortorella? Well, I have to tell you this first. When he got the gig at ESPN, and we found out about it, I sent him a text, and I said, John, I just want to be the first to welcome you to the media. I am so happy he texted me right back, Portsy, I am not in the media. <laughs> oh no, you are in the media. And uh, John, I can't get you into the Pro, Pro Hockey Writers Association, but there's a broadcasters group. I can get you in line with the Portsy. I am not in the media. I'm like, oh, you are in the media, John. I, it, I am an analyst. Drives him crazy. There were some times we went toe to toe. There were some times we didn't see eye to eye. Certainly, there are times I had to ask questions that I I know he didn't want to answer. And there were flare ups. Of course, there were. But I loved covering that guy, and I think most people who have covered him feel the same way. You mentioned it. There just aren't a lot of coaches anymore that unload and give you the clarity, the 
the the guts that John Tortorella gives you in his description of things, how frankly he speaks. I always say Ken Hitchcock and, and John Tortorella could not be more different, but they're also very similar. And I was very fortunate to cover both of them. What they tell you on a daily basis is their truth. And that truth could be totally different six hours from now after the game happened, but they they never hold back. And it it is such a joy. Even the guy who works for a website now, we have no space limitations. This isn't like the newspapers used to be. You walk away thinking, how in the hell am I going to fit all of this into one? There's too much stuff here. And that's what it was like most days with him. But some of our private conversations I'll cherish forever. And when things go off the rails, there is every player in that dressing room who's had unfortunate experiences in their lives, myself, other people included. Very few people step up like John Tortorella does. And very few people are more ardent in that not becoming known because he doesn't ever want to do it for the wrong reason. There's a totally different person there beneath the surface. I'll cherish the time we had together. And I think I became a better, a better writer and a better person covering hockey because of it. Horty, that is great stuff. Thank you for sharing all of that. Thanks for joining us here on Caps this morning and look forward to our paths crossing later on this season when these teams get together. Oh, the second week of November, I believe. Thanks for joining us. Uh, John, thanks so much. I appreciate it, man. Good to be with you. That is Aaron Portsline from The Athletic. And if you're not a subscriber to all of the coverage on The Athletic, you should definitely think about it heading into this new season. There's a lot of great Caps coverage from Tarek El-Bashir, of course, and lots of great stuff around the league, including Aaron and his stuff in Columbus. First meeting of four with the Jackets, by the way, not until November 12th. Caps will visit Nationwide Arena in a 7 o'clock start. Coming up on the show tomorrow, our coverage of day one of training camp. All of that coming up later on today. Hear from Alex Ovechkin tomorrow, TJ Oshie, Ben Rabies. Got lots of interviews and stories to share from day one. And plus, we're going to get you ready for the first preseason game of the fall. Caps and Bruins coming up Sunday afternoon at Capital One Arena at 5 o'clock. And of course, you can hear the game right here. On Caps Radio 24-7, you will also, in D.C., you'll be able to catch it after Nats Baseball on 106.7 The Fan, and we look forward to bringing that to you then. In the meantime, for Ben, who will be back here tomorrow, John Walton saying, have yourself a great Thursday, everyone. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.